Hey, 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 friends. Welcome to the Men Refine Podcast. I'm your host, Rafael Sifontes. And today, today I want to talk a bit about church and politics in America. This is the Men Refined Podcast. Hi there, friends. Welcome to the Men Refined Podcast. This episode is just you and I. We want to talk about the role of the church and Christianity in politics. I believe the role of the, the church in politics in the United States of America has been a topic of, uh, of debate for many years. The United States is a diverse country with a rich history of religious diversity. The Constitution of the United States guarantees freedom of religion, which has allowed for the growth and influence of many different religious groups. However, the question remains. What is the role of the church in politics, and how should it be defined? To understand the role of the church in politics, we must first examine the role of religion in society. Religion has been a significant force in shaping societies throughout history. It provides a moral code, a sense of community, and a belief in something greater than oneself. And I'm going to mention the word religion a few times, most of the times. And also I'm going to use the word Christianity. So religion, when I use the word religion, will be to really uh, cover a multitude of uh, experiences and beliefs. And when I use the word Christianity, I'm going to define what Christianity has done in the United States, and also what uh, the Reformation uh, of Christianity has done through the years. Religion has been a source of hope and comfort for many people in times of hardship and has inspired great acts of kindness and generosity. In many cases, religion has also been a force for social change, advocating for the rights of the oppressed and marginalized. However, religion has also been used as a tool of oppression and control throughout history. In many other countries, too, religious institutions have often worked hand-in-hand with political leaders to maintain their power and their influence. This has led to countless wars, conflicts, and injustices committed in the name of religion. In the United States, the role of the church in politics has been a complex issue. On one hand, many religious groups have played an important role in advocating for social, for social change and justice. The civil rights movement, for example, was led in large part by religious leaders who saw their struggle for equality as a moral imperative. On the other hand, There have also been instances where so-called religious groups have been used to justify discrimination and oppression. In recent years, the role of the church in politics has become even more contentious. The rise of the religious right 
and their involvement in conservative politics has raised questions about the separation of church and state. Many believe that church has no place in politics and that religious leaders should not be involved in partisan politics. However, others can argue that the church has a vital role to play in shaping public policy. They point to the many issues facing society, such as poverty, racism, and environmental degradation, and argue that religious leaders have a moral obligation to speak out and advocate for change. So, what does the Bible have to say about the role of the church in politics? There are many verses in the Bible that speak to this issue. One of the most famous is found in Matthew 22, chapter 22, verse 21, where Jesus says, Render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. This verse has been interpreted to mean that there should be a separation of church and state, which each have in its own distinct role to play. Matthew chapter 22 verse 21 is a Bible verse that has been the subject of much debate and interpretation. It reads, render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. This verse is often cited as a call for a separation of church and state, with each having its own distinct role to play. To understand the significance of this verse, it is important to understand the context in which it was spoken. The verse is part of a large passage in which Jesus is being questioned by the Pharisees, who were religious leaders at the time. The Pharisees were trying to trap Jesus by asking him whether it was lawful to pay taxes to Caesar, who was the Roman emperor at the time. Jesus then, he comes in and all postured, and he responds by asking them to show him a coin used to pay the tax. When they show him the coin, he asked them whose image and inscription is in it. They reply that it is Caesar's. Then Jesus says to them, Render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. On the surface, this verse appears to be a call for a separation of church and state, with each having its own distinct sphere of influence. The things that belong to Caesar or the government should be given to him, while the things that belong to God or the religious sphere should be given to him. However, the meaning of this verse is not as simple as it may seem. The phrase, render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's, can be interpreted in many different ways. Some people have interpreted this phrase to mean that Christians should be obedient to the government and pay their taxes. Others have taken it to mean that Christians should not be involved in politics at all. Now, I will say, interpreting the Bible, the Bible when people say, oh, I, interp I interpret this passage this way, and you are understanding the passage totally, completely wrong, on what the actual passage really meant, that doesn't mean you're on the right. That just means that you're losing the context of what the text is saying to you. 
you're losing the context on what God is trying to speak to you through his word. So just the fact that people say, or I'm interpreting this uh, Bible passage this way, and this is what I understand it means, that doesn't mean that you're correct. That means that you're incorrecting understanding what the Bible passage is saying. There are also those who interpret this phrase as a critique of the Roman Empire, which was known for its oppressive politics and brutal treatment of its people. In this interpretation, Jesus is saying that the things that belong to Caesar are corrupt and should not be given to him. The second part of the verse, render unto gods the things that are gods, is equally complex. Some have interpreted this to mean that Christians should focus on spiritual matters and leave worldly concerns to the government. Others have taken it to mean that Christians should be actively involved in promoting social justice and caring for the poor and marginalized. Overall, the meaning of Matthew chapter 22, verse 21, is highly dependent on the interpretation of the reader. Again, you, just, you heard what I just said. It's highly dependent on the interpretation of the reader. It also depends on what God is trying to speak to you through his word. So we need to understand the context of the passage and what the passage is trying to say to us, not the interpretation that we are taking out of that verse. Some see it as a, as a call for Christians to be obedient to the government, while others see it as a critique of oppressive regimes. Still, others interpret it as a call for Christians to be actively involved in promoting social justice and caring for the poor and the marginalized. One possible way to interpret this verse is to view it as a call for Christians to live in the world, but not be of the world. In other words, Christians should be engaged with the government and society around them, but their ultimate alliance should be to God. Will you say amen to that? <laughs> this interpretation acknowledges that Christians have a responsibility to be good citizens and to obey the laws of the land, but also recognizes that their true citizenship is in heaven. Another possible interpretation of Matthew 22:21 is to view it as a call for Christians to engage in politics and advocate for, Christ, for justice and for righteousness. This interpretation emphasizes the importance of Christians being involved in the political process and working to make society more just and equitable. It also acknowledges that Christians have responsibility to use their influence and resources to care for the poor and the marginalized. Matthew 22:21 is a complex and a multi-layered verse that has been interpreted in many different ways. While some see it as a call for separation of church and state, others view it as a call for Christians to be obedient to the government or to engage in politics. Another important verse is found in James chapter 1, verse 27, which says, Religious that God our Father accept as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. This verse emphasizes 
the importance of social justice and caring for the marginalized. Do you hear gospel here? Do you understand what the gospel means? James chapter 1 verse 27 is a well-known verse that highlights the importance of living out one's faith in practical ways. It reads, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. This verse, this verse offers guidance on how believers should live out their faith in both their personal lives and in their interaction with others. To understand the significance of this verse, it is important to understand the context in which it was written. James, the author of the book of James, was a leader in the early Christian church and the brother of Jesus Christ. He wrote this letter to Jewish Christians who has been scattered throughout the Roman Empire. The letter addresses a range of issues facing the early church, including the need for wisdom, the importance of faith and works, and the dangers of worldly wisdom and selfish ambition. Throughout the letter, James emphasizes the importance of living out one's faith in practical ways. James offers in this verse a concise and powerful summary of what it means to live out one's faith in practical ways. He states that true religion, or the kind of faith that God accepts as pure and faultless, involves two things, looking after orphans and widows in their distress and keeping oneself from being polluted by the world. The first part of James 1.27 emphasizes the importance of caring for the vulnerable and marginalized in society. In biblical times, orphans and widows were among the most vulnerable members of society, as they lacked the protection and support of a male family member. By emphasizing the importance of caring for orphans and widows, James highlights the importance of reaching out to those who are most in need and vulnerable. However, the principle of caring for orphans and widows extends beyond just these two groups. It includes all those who are, who are vulnerable and marginalized in society, including the poor, the oppressed, and the marginalized. As followers of Christ, we are called to extend love and compassion to all those who are in need, regardless of their social status or their background. Now, the second part of James 1.27 emphasizes the importance of living a holy and pure life. James uses this metaphor of being polluted by the world to describe the, the ways in which um, we can be influenced by the values and the priorities of the world around us. He also reminds us that as followers of Christ, we are called to be set apart from the world and to live in a way that reflects our commitment to Jesus Christ. Living a holy and pure life involves not only avoiding sinful behaviors, but also actively seeking to cultivate 
Christ-like character traits, such as love, kindness, and generosity. It involves making choices that reflect our commitment to Christ and our desire to live in a way that honors Him and glorifies God. Overall, James 1.27 offers a powerful reminder of what it means to live, to live out one's faith in practical ways. It reminds us that true religion involves caring for the vulnerable and marginalized in society and living a holy and pure life. As we seek to live out our faith in practical ways, we are called to be agents of God's love and compassion in the world extending grace and extending mercy to all those who are in need. In conclusion, the role of the church in politics in the United States is a complex and a continuous issue. While religion has played an important role in shaping society and advocating for change, it has also been used as a tool of oppression and control. The Bible and only the Bible offers guidance on this issue and emphasizes the importance of social justice and caring for the marginalized. Ultimately, the question of the role of the church in politics is one that must be answered by each individual's convictions, religious leader and community. As we move forward, we must strive to build a society that is inclusive, always, that is just, and that is guided by the principles of love and compassion, but also in truth, the truth of the Bible, the word of our holy God. And I hope that this episode encourages you today. And if it does, would you mind sharing this episode with someone else? It will mean the world to me. Thank you for listening to this episode. You can follow me on Twitter by going to twitter.com forward slash Rafael Cifontes if you want to connect with me. You can also answer the question that is on this episode. If you're listening in Spotify or in Apple podcast or whenever you consume or listen to your podcast, you can subscribe to the podcast. You can also like the podcast. You can also rate this podcast. It will really mean the world to me. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, God bless you.